Hi everyone, welcome to PA Talks, an interview series by Parametric Architecture, the world's most renowned avant-garde architecture platform about parametric and computational design. We meet the architecture and design pioneers on this podcast and talk about their careers, experiences, methodologies, and visions for the future. My name is Hamid Hasanzadeh, founder and editor-in-chief of Parametric Architecture Platform. Welcome to the show, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. To support this podcast, please check the links in the description. Make sure to follow our platform on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and support us on Patreon. You may listen to this conversation on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. The following is my conversation with Andre Chebek, a Czechian architect and the co-founder of Studio Chebek Kristof. Chebek Kristof practice aims to bridge the gap between private and public space while transcending both generational and societal spheres. Chebek has studied architecture at the Bruno University of Technology and urban design at the ETH Zurich. And during his early years, he worked at the Vanessa Studio PPAG. His work was exhibited at the MoMA NYC as a part of uneven growth exhibition. The studio works in the field of architecture, urbanism, research, education, and on a wide array of projects ranging from urban development to public and private buildings. Some of their notable projects include Gallery of Furniture, Lahore Winery, and Forestry in the Forest. The studio has been awarded a number of prizes, including Design Vanguard 2019 Award from Architectural Record. On this episode of PA Talks, we discussed about Andre Chebek's fast-growing studio and their notable projects. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey. Hello. Hey. Oh, hey. finally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All good. Just uh, was a little nervous about the connection, but uh, it works. Yeah, so, it, yeah. yeah it, it, it's, it, it's good now. It's good now. Thank you so much for joining. Do you have, uh, do you want to say hello to our audience? Yes. Uh, thank you for inviting me and uh, having us uh, on your podcast. And uh, I'm just curious uh, from where the people coming from, like Germany, Austria, <laughs> wow, Turkey, unbelievable global global community of architects. Yeah, definitely. We 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 have a lot of audience from from all over the world. Global community, exactly. So uh, I'd like to begin the conversation by, uh, so let's begin from your journey into the field of architecture. What inspired you all the way and how you began uh, the collaborative Chibik, Christoph, along with your colleague, Mikhail Christoph? Okay. So that's like a decade long journey. We uh, do celebrate uh, this year uh, our first decade of our studio because we started our uh, our collaboration right after graduation at the Faculty of Architecture here in the Czech Republic. And yes, yeah, th- yeah, the practice is quite young. Like uh, ten years, you've got quite good attention all over the world with your projects. If you call it like that, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. I think I think the the, the crucial moment was to start right uh, right after graduation. That uh, we 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 worked uh, in uh, 
we, we got some experience, uh, working experience during our study times. Uh, uh, Michal worked for Bjarke in uh, Copenhagen. Uh, I worked for Anna und Georg, uh, PPAG, great architects, not that known as, as, as big BIG, but uh, uh, I love them. They are my only teachers, I would say. Uh, they they based in Vienna, in Austria, neighboring country. And uh, so right after after the school, we jumped into into the very interesting pool of uh, zero experience and zero knowledge how to run the studio. That was uh, for us uh, something something. Yes, we are actually we were curious. We are very very curious. And that was the reason why we why we start uh, such early. And we were also very naive. But uh, back to your question, uh, my, my uh, journey to the architecture was uh, uh, like uh, much, uh, actually many years ago, I'm, I'm uh, 35, 35 now. And I, I started when I was uh, 11 years old because my father was a teacher. Uh, he's, a, he's a professor of our university. Uh, and uh, he he showed me the, the the behind the curtain things, you know. Uh, like what? Like like uh, he was uh, working a lot, and once I wanted to see my father, I, I went to the school to the to, to to the university, and I've seen the as a, as a young child, as a young boy. I've seen the, the students and the projects and they were very charming, both uh, students and projects. And uh, for, for a little boy, it was uh, the world of uh, creative adults with uh, their uh, long hairs and uh, smoking on the corridor. And uh, we are talking about uh, <laughs> 1996 or something year like right. that. <laughs> so, so early 90s or, or mid 90s and and that was very stunning for for, for a little boy. It was uh, an, uh, an, uh, a really different world in comparison to to regular uh, world uh, out of the out, out of the faculty. And exactly. so I, I can say that I started when I was eleven visiting the school, and uh, then the journey was quite simple. Uh, we both studied uh, at the technical university. We both went uh, for Erasmus scholarship. Uh, I went to, to Austria, Michal to uh, Belgium. Then the, the, the practicum, the, the working experience in Vienna and uh, Copenhagen. And then we just uh, met uh, uh, 10 years ago in, in Venice Biennale uh, while, uh, and while partying in a bar. Uh, <laughs> we, 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 we set up the 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 studio that's amazing that's amazing so that that was not the first idea when you were friends then after you got experience you came together and decided to have the office right i will not call it friends because we were more competitors we we, we did we, we <laughs> okay. did a, a lot of competitions student competitions in in, in during our study times and uh, we were only on our we were always on our own and after that experience from BAG and, and PPAG, the, the Viennese studio, we realized that the, the architecture is not uh, a one-man show. 
that uh, it's more uh, about collaboration and uh, listening different opinions and uh, brainstorming a lot. And you, you, you cannot brainstorm by yourself. You can, but it's uh, not the yeah. way you like it. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Awesome. So your, stu your, your studio portrays a, a delightful method of storytelling, uh, storytelling your designs in a poetic style. So how do you compose this architectural poetry in every design? That's, uh, that was actually because we, we, we redesigned our webpage uh, rather recently, like, uh, like uh, uh, half a year ago. And uh, there was a that was an idea of us and our graphic designer to to uh, to have the cinema mode on the web page while scrolling the the pictures uh, you can see the subtitles uh, and uh, let's check it out and I think it's kind of interesting interesting approach and uh, the storytelling is uh, that the buildings are talking in the first person, that they are actually alive. And uh, we, we, we slightly think that, that buildings are alive because the buildings, are, uh, the buildings we design are not for buildings, but for people. And the buildings are alive because of the people, because of the, of the inhabitants, but also because of the context how the buildings translate the context into the, uh, uh, into the user's experience. And uh, that's fundamental, uh, fundamental approach of our studio to, to understand the context and to take the best out of it and through our building, through our architecture to improve the context, not just for the users of the buildings, but even for the public, which is uh, always a very important part of our, our design. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the winery project is the best example of that. I love this project, uh, but we'll get to that uh, as well at the, okay. uh, at the later. But before going uh, to do that part, uh, I'd like to say that your studio's motto is to bridge the gap between the private and public spaces uh, while transcending both generational uh, and social uh, spheres. Can you share your thoughts on this? That's actually, um, it's really nice to describe on binary project because uh, if you design for private uh, sector, you're designing most, uh, you can design the building behind the fence only for the, the client or the customers of the client. But uh, while thinking how to merge uh, those two, 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 uh, two audiences, the, the, the public and the private, then uh, the design uh, could, uh, should reflect uh, the fact that it, uh, it's not only for, for the user or the, or the client, but uh, it could serve the, the quality for the public. And the binary, I truly believe the winery is a nice example of it because uh, it's private owned project, it's private owned building, but it's uh, very publicly used. Uh, there's a amphitheater, amphitheater uh, which is often uh, used by hundreds of people. Nowadays with the corona, it's a little bit tricky to, 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 uh, to let a dozen of people sit on the, on, on the stairs of the amphitheater. But during the summer, the situation in the Czech Republic was pretty okay. And uh, 
we experienced over 1,000 people uh, uh, watching the concert, watching the watching uh, the the cultural event, and that's pretty much expression what we what what we thought uh, by uh, that sentence you you mentioned, the bridging the gap because yes. We dislike the fences, we dislike the walls, and we dislike the gaps between those societies. So, yeah. Yeah. As why seems to be the studio's master stroke these days. In fact, uh, we had the honor of featuring uh, your project on, on the, the Lafour Winery at the Parametric Architecture as well. Also, the new House of Wine is a remarkable transformation of a classic uh, 19th century brewery. Could you briefly tell us about the understanding of the winery design and how do you, how you and your team arrived to the concept and derived inspirations? Actually, the, 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 that's funny because that's for the same client, this, the, the, this uh, house of wine. Um, it's a winery, it's actually a wine bar in the formal brewery. So it's a little crime because we are based yes. in Czech, Czech Republic and, and we are the, 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 the beer, beer culture. You know? it's, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's something, something very resonant in our society. Attached. Yes, if someone has the courage to to uh, transform brewery to winery. But uh, actually this project was for the same client as the Lahofer winery, and, but it has a completely different context. Uh, it's uh, as, as far as the winery is uh, uh, based in the, let's say middle of nowhere. It's in the middle of, of, of countryside where uh, only the, the vineyards uh, and, uh, and nothing else. The, the house of wine has completely different context. It's in the old town, in very, very old city of Znojmo, um, where the first buildings were built in the ninth century. And actually one of a uh, neighboring building of house of wine is what was built in the ninth century. And uh, that was uh, very interesting to understand the layers of the of the environment of the of the neighboring buildings that there's 9th century uh, 14th century uh, 19th century and then something from 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 the from the uh, uh, communist era we had in Czech Republic 40 years of of uh, of uh, uh, not pretty much democracy i would call it <laughs> and yes. uh, uh, till 1989 and uh, this building we, 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 we transformed later uh, to the House of Wine was built in 60s, 70s as a, as, as, as a boiling room, a boiler room uh, or, or, or heating room. Okay. In, ver in very special part of the city, they built uh, with a huge cynicism this, uh, this crazy building without any architecture quality, without any architecture understanding of the uh, environment. There's a brilliant view towards the cathedral, which is actually the view is, uh, is, is, is essential for inhabitants of that city to understand the, the beauty of the city because uh, the view is providing really one of the beautiful views I, I've ever seen in an old city. And it wasn't there for 40 years, the, that view. Even it was possible, so we 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 didn't erase the building. We kept the building as a little scarf on the face of the city because of that cynicism, because of that period. We didn't pretend that the 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 the, the forty years of non-democracy doesn't exist. That's also interesting part of that project to 
to to to to to let the people perceive uh, the urban structure with uh, with the scarves, the urban right. scarves. But uh, we put we put it into into the into the old building new structure which is providing the the view. So, yeah. Yeah, amazing projects. Awesome. So uh, your firm has been deeply invested in a variety of urban projects, uh, taking into a local, taking into account local histories and also environmental specificities. How do you see the future of architecture in the urban spaces? Like your studios in other, like in other states, uh, your studio's vision for the post-pandemic architecture. <laughs> That's the most complicated question, I would say, because uh, I'm not the magician. I'm just an architect. <laughs> uh, okay. And the age of post-corona. What are your guesses? <laughs> I hope we gonna. I think we can we can more think how not to spend much. Spend because. What? Not not spend energy, money, uh, resources, etc. Because uh, if the crisis is coming or is, uh, is appearing, uh, maybe it, uh, it it will it it will lead into more deeper understanding about uh, little little but uh, uh, qualities, and uh, I would say the actually. Today's society is wasting a lot, producing a lot of waste. And even in the architecture, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's lots of waste. And for instance, House of Wine is a nice uh, rebuild project because uh, we didn't demolish the building, even it's ugly, even has no proportions, even has no, no architecture quality whatsoever. We kept the building and I think it's maybe interesting approach. It's the right approach, not to demolish, not to, not, 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 not to, because while demolishing the building, the, the cardboard footprint uh, is, is, is from very, very beginning of the, of the construction is, is actually, actually huge. And uh, to compose all the waste and the material from, from, from demolition is, is a very big issue nowadays. So I'm really looking forward for uh, transformations than uh, demolitions. And I think uh, if, if the resources uh, will be in the soon future limited because of the, of the potential crisis, I don't know, maybe the transformations would be, would be one interesting topic for next decade. Yeah, that's right. So talking about your projects, like the Slovak Pavilion in, uh, at PQ 2019, Czech Pavilion at Expo 2015, and Pavilion of Humanity, are a few of your uh, illustrated works on pavilion design. How do you drive uh, the in inventive, the, how do you drive these inventive ideas and what, what throttles your team and incivigates such phenomenal crafts? Uh, I would say, you know what's interesting, um, on the pavilion architecture, uh, that's the, Ephemer ephemeral uh, aspect that they are not permanent and uh, we did the expo pavilion uh, five years ago 2015 that was a pavilion of the Czech Republic uh, uh, in the 
in Milan during the Expo exhibition, Expo, 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 yes. Expo exhibition, <laughs> and we did uh, the pavilion not as a uh, super uh, organic, uh, free form, uh, funky, crazy uh, architecture. It was actually white cube. But it was, uh, I would call it smart white cube because it was made out of modules, out of containers. That's uh, an uh, example of uh, modular architecture. And we did it by the, by the purpose because the exhibition was for uh, six months, only for half an year. And uh, back to the wasting and back to the uh, demolitions Many of the pavilions were demolished right after the the the, the expo, and some of them are are, are uh, not uh, yet erased, are empty and and without any uh, further use. This pavilion was our pavilion was moved back to the Czech Republic, and it's um, it, it works as as um, as a laboratory of modular architecture. So so uh, the the company. So you so you demolished it and built it in Czech. Again? We not we doesn't demolish we, we just we, as far as it was built from containers we put the oh, okay. containers on the tracks Pieces. and okay. and and move back uh, back home piece oh. by piece and Amazing. that was that, that was the original approach and uh, I think even if something ephemeral something temporary there's no 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 space for waste that's that that's the uh, uh, that's the message I wanna share with the audience about the temporary structures because. Uh, it's happening quite often. Even young architects are are building those pavilions and and temporary structures. But there's always necessary to think what's happening with the structure once it's uh, the 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 life cycle done. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we need to think about uh, uh, sustainability of the buildings. Actually, whatever we are we are building, we need to think about after. Even after the building is demolished or after 10 or 20 years, what's it's going to happen? Yeah. The functions change, the purpose will change, and we need to make the building ready for these functionality changes. And even after it's, demoli it, it's demolished, where are going to put these uh, pieces and how are they going to demolish it? And yeah, it's important. It's totally yeah. important to think about these topics while you're designing. So about the Yilha multipurpose arena, uh, which is quiet and exotic approach in contrast with uh, a dash of red color. Could you speak a little bit about the inception of the design in this project and how it had performed in your vision? This project is uh, uh, a public project, public, publicly founded. And it's a result of uh, an architecture competition opened by the city, city of Ihlava. The city of Ihlava is a, a small city around 100,000 inhabitants in, in the Czech Republic. And um, they have this ambition to build the multipurpose arena. And the very interesting fact is that the arena is built, gonna be built within the city center. That's that's very important fact that it's not moved to the outskirts of the city where only people by car can 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 access it. Access it, but uh, the arena 
and its position is said to be reachable by many many uh, ways of uh, of uh, of uh, of um, like uh, by car by bus by feet uh, you can you, you can you can walk there and i think that's something essential and what's what's very typical for the european architecture that uh, uh, there are two types of uh, concepts the first is that everything is uh, in the city, in the city and in the city center and there's a sustainable uh, approach and then uh, our tendency is to move everything out of the city out of the city center and that's for me extremely unsustainable approach first you have to build on the on the on the field field is not for buildings field is for uh, enjoying the nature or in uh, the landscape or for uh, for for um, uh, agriculture not for not not, not for building uh, a multi purpose arena but uh, and uh, i think i think this this happened because uh, this decision to to keep the arena in the city happened because uh, one of the vice mayors of the city is an architect and then oh. what 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 i really lucky liked, <laughs> lucky but uh, <laughs> but what i really like that uh, architects are not only the practicing architects or or um, uh, uh, theoreticians or uh, guys like you. Uh, you, you told me that you, you are also practicing architect, but you're running this beautiful, uh, very famous uh, parametric architecture platform, but uh, uh, they could be also a politicians. And once they, once, they becoming, once they become a politicians, they could make this right decisions to make a competition for a public building, not to give it to a friend, what's happening all around the world. Public competitions, yes. uh, public competition uh, to, to, to select the right place, to build the right building on the right place. And I think, I think more architects, politicians, uh, then we have a better world. <laughs> it's not only about practicing. Yeah, might be. <laughs> That's right. So a room in the forest, uh, it branches out offering shelter, providing sanctuary. So uh, this is uh, the sentence you illustrated for your project, a forestry in the far forest. Could you give us an insight into the iteration of heavy transparency and branching out of this concept? The, that actually, the, the forestry project is... Uh... Another uh, competition result, we do a lot of competitions in the studio and that's like, uh, I would say 50% of our, our uh, projects we, we, we have constantly on the table. It's very tough to win. Our ratio is like one to 10. So we do 10 competitions, we, uh, we win one of them, out of them. And yeah, but uh, at the end, the pro the results of the competitions are are a big scale project. That's that's something something what uh, what brings the studio further. That's not about designing a family houses only. It's about to to have an opportunity to to change some typology, uh, to to break a, a paradigm that uh, multi-purpose hall could be a red thing in the middle of the center. Why not? Yeah. That the office building for the Czech forestry could be wooden, could be uh, uh, could create uh, 
natural air condition because the building was designed as a natural air conditioned machine. The footprint of the building for the Czech forestry uh, looks like a hand, like a hand uh, which goes into the into the forest, and it's uh, actually very close to the to, to to the nature, to the nature, and uh, it was actually the concept because uh, while designing this building before we we won the competition we, 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 before the first sketch, we went to the site and we breathed, and while briefing. Uh, there was something, it was a hot summer here in the Czech Republic. The summers are around 35 degrees some, some days. So it's pretty hot, not uh, that hot as in Istanbul, I guess, but, but st <laughs> still, still hot. Uh, yeah. And uh, in the forest where uh, it was uh, next to the site uh, of, the, uh, of the building, of the, uh, of, the, of the project, we breathed and we felt that the humidity of the forest is, is much higher. The, 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 the air is colder, the temperature was lower. And that was the initial idea to design the building like, uh, like this. So we designed the, 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 uh, the hand, the wooden <laughs> green, green hand, okay. and we touched the forest as much as possible. Yeah, amazing. Great. So, an eye-catching facade of new furniture room, which is one of the amazing projects by your office that I really like it. Uh, on, the out, on the outskirts of the housing estate, Bruno, uh, how did you conjure the idea of placing chairs on a facade as a facade element? Actually, black chairs facade. That's a that's, uh, that's, uh, little... Actually, that's a small-scale project, uh, but uh, with uh, interesting uh, attention, I would say. It's actually quite known. I'm, I was surprised that this project was uh, become such a such a such a such, such known thing. And the black chairs on the facade, uh, it's 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 pretty simple. Um, we were uh, struggling with the budget, and. Uh, the client, uh, the client's uh, initial idea was uh, to make a showroom of the furniture because it's a furniture producer um, from uh, from from here, and he he rent this building for for from from 90s for 10 years, and he uh, he he wanna uh, he want some strong idea for very little money, uh, <laughs> like like all the clients. Yes, yes, not, not, I'm not talking about the fee of the architect, it was enormous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, uh, and uh, we tried to change the facade by uh, some uh, regular um, facade system, like the aluminum sheets or um, uh, something else, like wooden something or, or etc. But everything was very expensive. Everything was unaffordable for, for the client. And then we got the idea that he's producing these chairs and what about to use one of their products to cover the building by the product? And oh, one... that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know, you know uh, that was the most affordable uh, approach we, we, uh, at the end we realized because uh, it was like, uh, like 30% of any other, the cost was 30% of any other uh, material. We, we, we had material, regular material. So, so facade producer, please, producers be afraid because the chairs are the cheaper facade <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> That's so good. But, but yeah. it, it, worked, it worked, sorry, it, it works both. Uh, it was affordable, but it also represents what's uh, appearing uh, inside. 
Yes. What's the, what's the, what's the initial initial um, uh, uh, program of the building, and uh, it's something what's become became a, a landmark of the of the area. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so all these chairs were produced after you you proposed it, or they were stuck in a, in a store or anywhere. So it, you. It, it, it was, it was actually uh, on the art daily they they wrote that they were um, uh, that's the reuse and we wrote them several times that it's not true and i want to mention it's not true they were they were produced for for this purpose because yes. they they have a they have a uv protection etc but um, art daily is uh, still promoting this uh, this untrue what yes sometimes happen yeah. It's okay. <laughs> so do you and your friend, Christoph, have any project, a, a dream project in mind, like something you are yet to create and uh, leave an enchanting poetic phrase and a sophisticated design? I think that's all projects we, we, we have opportunity to work on. There's not such a topic or as far as we are not um, architects of one typology or one form, or uh, one architecture direction, as uh, you probably already know our portfolio from the webpage or, Insta or, yes. or, or, or Instagram account. Uh, each building is completely different and that's what I, what I love. So there's not such a, that we wanna build a, a skyscraper in New York or a chapel in sub-Saharan area. I think each project is uh, each project which is uh, initiated by by educated client client who who give to an architect trust and time and uh, personal approach is uh, the project I'm dreaming about really yeah amazing that's Quite interesting. Okay, uh, thanks for 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 the conversation. Uh, as closing, what kind of advice would you like to share with young architects, young practitioners, designers, students, with all these experiences that you have? You have you are also a lecturer, uh, jury for competitions. What kind of advice would you like to share? I would say build your own uh, studio as soon as possible. If not, join us. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's, 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 it's absolutely essential to, to not dream about uh, your own practice. If you want to do that and you want to struggle first uh, decade, uh, but you're ready for that, just do it. Because that's, that's in my personal opinion, it's the only way how to how to be on your own and to realize your own uh, own vision about the architecture that's that's my advice yeah i hope people amazing. i hope people from our studio are not listening <laughs> <laughs> they will leave tomorrow <laughs> to have their own office <laughs> that's amazing thank you thanks thanks for such an thank amazing you. conversation uh, I, I hope uh, I hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, thanks, thanks for your time. Thank you. Take care. Stay safe. Take Ciao. care. Stay safe. Goodbye. Goodbye. 
guys thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed the podcast please subscribe to pure talks podcast and spotify apple podcast and google podcast in order not to miss a single episode also you can find out more by going to parametric-architecture.com slash pa talks please share this podcast with a url to inspire a friend also you can use hashtag pa talks on twitter instagram facebook to give us a feedback about the podcast thank you